You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. episode we'll be talking about iron maiden iron maiden on the line i have rob what's up ben don't you stray and kyle hi there iron maiden is the debut studio album by the english heavy metal band iron maiden it was released on the 14th of april 1980 in the uk by emi records and in the united states by harvest and capital records the producer was will malone and the genre is heavy metal and i'm going to read from the book gareth thompson Iron Maiden's debut remains one of the keystones of heavy rock. Speed, thrash, death, grunge all owe something to this record's dazzling mesh of punk attitude and metal obsession. In the early 1980s, UK rock magazine Sounds ardently promoted and christened the new wave of British heavy metal. Among its contenders were Saxon, Samson, uh, Def Leppard, Girl School, and Angel Witch. As punk struggled to maintain its commercial footing, a band from London's East End Emerge, who combined the working-class grit of the Stranglers with Black Sabbath's gift for creating stunning riffs. Iron Maiden were led by bassist Steve Harris, and their cause was championed by charismatic manager Ron Smallwallet Smallwood. <laughs> uh, constant touring and a UK hit with the urgent anthem Running Free saw their debut album reach number four. Their refusal to mime to the single on BBC's TV's weekly music show, Top of the Pops, saw the band become the first to play live on the program for seven years. Uh, the tough production delivers a live aura with Paul Diano's raspings adding mystique to Steve Harris's dark lyricism. Guitars are restrained yet gusty as Diano's voice wraps closely around complex riffs. The second Maiden album, Killers, offered little more than consolidation and Diano was replaced by Samson's Bruce Dickinson and his laser precision vocals. Iron Maiden and their gruesome mascot Eddie, depicted on the cover, hit enormously commercial heights with Dickinson, but the sweet streetwise intensity created here with Diano was gone for good. All right, what do we think of Iron Maiden? Iron Maiden. First and foremost, oh, here we go. I love this record. Yeah. This is my first time listening to not bruce dickinson maiden i i yeah, I'd never uh, i've never heard the, same, the, what about I'd never killers? listened to the i'd never listened to this one or killers i like my i got really into number of the beast and kind of moved forward from there like i i never worked my way back i for uh, first impression you know i will always love bruce dickinson he's my dude and he is like him and steve harris are like how iron maiden sounds to me but I am not bothered at all by Paul Diano's vocals. I think this is, I think he does a good job. I think this is a fun record. 
I think it's more than a fun record, but uh, I, I'm going to stay at fun right now until we get more into a, into the conversation. I feel like what we're going to say about this record is probably a lot like uh, what we're going to say about British steel. Like it's, yeah, it's a great, it's a great record. Um, it's not their best record, but um, um, this album, I mean, it's like, you know, you got Prowler, you got Running Free. I mean, you got Iron Maiden. There's a lot of iconic songs. Um, if you go see Iron Maiden live, which I did <laughs> a couple years ago, it was the first time I ever saw Iron Maiden. Uh, 2019, I got a free ticket. Ooh, went by myself to Indianapolis. Uh, failed to communicate with my friends because Birch, I know you and Ann were there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just went there and was like, guess I'll watch this show <laughs> by myself. <laughs> but yeah, I remember they played some of these songs. It's it's not an essential Iron Maiden album, I don't think, except like, you know, it's got Phantom of the Opera on it. Uh song. It's got Iron Maiden. Yeah, I think this is a very good debut, especially Prowler. in 1980. Prowler is such a strange song to to open with. Um, you know, track one until it kicks in. Side one of your first album. Yeah, but it's it's you know it's about like a creep, and he's a creep. It's punk yeah. metal. Um, which uh, they'd, I hate, guess... they'd hate it if they'd, they'd hate it if mm-hmm. they heard you say that. I know, they, I know. They can the hate it as much. Was they like, can hate it as much as they want. It, it, the the facts are there. <laughs> it's like they accidentally digged up gold and were like, "I don't want all this gold." Like it's, it's, it's such a formula. Like it's all here. Like the guitarmonies, like the the fun vocals. Like they've got the punk urgency. They've got the prog influences. It's like a template for the British new wave of power metal. And and according to Steve Harris, uh, they despised everything about punk. Oh, it's pearls yeah, before I swine. Mean, <laughs> with, 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 I mean, they 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 say it and mean it, but they don't really understand. Like, oh, man, I I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth, but like, no, I do. Uh, I'll do it. Y- 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 I'll do it. I y- mean, you, si- you simply you simply cannot you you, you can't go from the uh, you, you can't go from what Prague was doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, back they, into they thought themselves more like, of a, more of a prog rock band, more of a high end band, and these people that they would see you know regular punk bands come and not play their instruments and not be you know pros like they were showing up every night like Motorhead and ACDC and blowing the the doors off. And then getting compared to, you know, these other punk bands that were obviously not up to the caliber, I can absolutely 100% see them, you know, saying, no, that's that's not even close to what we're You, you can't throw out the punk baby with the punk bathwater. True. <laughs> they were they were definitely inspired. I think they they picked up on a lot of the attitude and what was going on at the time. I just think that, you know, this is, yeah, they can... Uh, I mean, they're more punk than oh, it's. It's, le- it's le- it leaps and bounds. It's leaps and bounds away from what it, the the issue. The, it's the grit, the dirty aspect of it, and it's the um, and those mm. two things. Like they're, they're not they're not off the wall like time signatures and like weird key changes. And this this is very straightforward like riff rock, fucking 
Steve Harris is just one of the best like writers of metal like ever. Like, um, but yeah, it's interesting. The the Paul Diano like his way of delivering like vocal work is way way dirtier than what uh than what Bruce Dickinson will do in a few years. Like it 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 gives it a little bit more like. Uh, I don't know. It it, ma- it makes it a little than I think what uh what Bruce would have done with this stuff back then. I was going through uh just like the live records I have for uh for Maiden and uh it might be Live After Death. I I don't know which one I was looking at, but of like on on that record um 100 like it does have running free. It does have Phantom of the Opera and it does have like Iron Maiden on it. Like, yeah, those are, those are classics. Yeah. Like, you know, they are, they are in the, like the Bruce Dickinson set. Like it, they, those, those are still to this day things that they play live. Um, yeah. Like you, you, you can't, ugh, I hate it. I hate it so much. I hate the fact that like, I, I would never discount this record cause I enjoy it so much, but I don't think Paul Diano as a vocalist comes anywhere near Bruce Dickinson. And yeah. I think that they only got better. Oh no, I, I understand why, like it's in this, like I under, I can see a really young Metallica listening to this and being like, all right, all right. Well, uh, yeah, I guess we're going to have yeah. to do kill them all. Like the, you, you can hear kill them all all over this record because they yeah. were super into this. Like, you know, so it's, it's a super important and it's a super good record. Um, but it's just not my preferred Iron Maiden, but I love Iron Maiden. So, what does that mean? I only I've only had a f- a handful of Iron Maiden records, and I listen to them a lot. And um, you know, I was listening to this record, and then it auto played afterwards, and um, it was Power Slave, and I was just like, "Oh, Power Slave!" Like, <laughs> yeah, ooh, Power Slave. Yeah. I guess I have to listen ooh, to seven, every song on this record. Like, <laughs> Power Ooh, Slave smokes this, smokes this. Like, but it, 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 I don't know. And I know I brought this up with the with the British Steel record with Judas Priest. It's like there are some songs on here that are iconic, and you you have to hear them. Prowler, Running Free, you know, Iron Maiden, Phantom of the Opera. Like these are songs that are concert staples. Yeah, the Iron Maiden song. They would play that live, and then they have Eddie come out. That's it's like the Ramones, you know, playing Pinhead and Pinhead comes out and waves a little flag. You know, it's it also gives them the 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 very rare <laughs> trifecta of the song title, album title and band name all being the same thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Black Sabbath the, had it. Uh, the the band, living in a box. Yeah. A uh, big country pulled it big off country in a big yeah. country. Mm hmm. It's good uh, when they can pull it off. Yeah. It, 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 it should be life goals for every band. <laughs> also, I never knew the, the saga, but uh, behind Charlotte, the harlot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize they kept on writing songs about her. <laughs> what? That, that was. Yeah. So Charlotte, the harlot is one of four songs about Charlotte who left her man to be a hooker. Um, and the saga is continued like through their. Yeah. Really good records. Uh, 22 Arcadia Avenue hooks in you from here to yep. eternity. Oh shit. Arcadia uh, Avenue is about Charlotte. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's that weird, that weird Venn diagram where they overlap with like cool shit, but dumb shit. <laughs> like, 
kind of dumb, kind of spinal tap slut shaming, but also like <laughs> kind of cool that they cool they committed to songs. it. Yeah, <laughs> they're committed to the bits. I will say yeah. that. Yeah. And it's the guitarist, I think, who was like yeah. the mastermind D- behind D- this. Dave Murray has writing credit for for Charlotte the Heart. Uh, quadrilogy. <laughs> yeah. Kind of, as a as first time listening to the self-titled Iron Maiden records, I've got a few first impressions. Uh, my first first impression, because it was also my first time listening to British Steel. Upon first listens and hot takes of both, I, I realize that neither is the best album by the band in question. But I think Iron Maiden self-titled is a better album than British Steel. Uh, I don't know if I'm how many people I'm going to piss off by that, but I would. I don't think that's controversial. Yeah. I don't, I don't think you're wrong. I like th- this. Like, yes, Iron Maiden does get better. But coming from a world with no Iron Maiden to a world with this Iron Maiden, this record shreds, you know? Yeah, yeah uh, I agree. One thing that really impresses me is the Steve Harris's vision for what he wants Iron Maiden to be and to sound like and how much he sticks to his guns on it. Like, for for being like like there there hasn't really been a band that sounds like this yet like the Iron Maiden sound that we associate with like British power metal is very much like a in my experience an Iron Maiden type of thing I could be wrong maybe there's already bands that are doing this sound not really but, though yeah I mean I could, I could only argue something like Thin Lizzy uh, with the dueling guitars. Um, but it's it is a predecessor. It is definitely not the like for example like the, sorry Birch like there's bands like w- like Wishbone Ash that also have like the dueling guitars, but like like for example like Steve Harris like they they, they pull in uh, Dennis Stratton for as second guitar on this one, and Dennis Stratton's a a great guitar player, but the stuff that he's doing is more reminiscent of guitar rock from like the early seventies, like wishbone ash, like queen, like that type of stuff. And, and after, and almost immediately after this album, Richard Harris dismisses him because he doesn't want people to be, he doesn't want a band that sounds like stuff that like strange world. Yeah. 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 Like strange world's a great example. Strange world sounds like, like the, the Dennis Stratton style of guitar playing. That's where he's, that's where his comfort spot is. And as good of a guitar player as he is, Steve Harris is like, well, there's the door because we're trying to do something new, something different. We want the virtuosity. We also want the energy. We also want like the, just the, the attack and the aggression. And like, he, he how many sing- lead singers did he dismiss because he didn't think their stage presence captured it. And then he dismissed another lead singer before, uh, Paul Diano, because he went over the top with his stage presence. Like he was doing like the kiss makeup and the fake blood. 
And Paul, and Steve Harris is like, no, man, split the difference. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so I, I, I really respect for like, if it, 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 the band, the band was formed in 1975. So like from 1975 to 1980, Steve Harris is trying to get out this sound that he has in his head. And I really respect that. They, they tried out multiple producers for this album before settling with Will Malone, who Steve Harris also did not like the job he did. But one of the producers they uh, they were trying out was Andy Scott, who's the guitarist for The Sweet, and suggested that maybe Steve Harris play with a pick instead of his fingers. And Steve Harris was like, there's the door. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I really, I respect that. I respect that. And I know that this band continues to evolve but I think that this debut album is a very strong debut for this vision. It, oh yeah. And once you get to like Phantom of the Opera and I'm sure you guys have all read this, but uh, Bruce Dickinson was playing in a band called uh Samson Samson mm-hmm. Iron Maiden opened for them. And he heard uh Phantom of the Opera and he was like, this is what's up. Right. He was like, uh, I've got a quote right here. This song really is everything that Iron Maiden is all about. He had never heard a metal band play a song like this before. And you listen to it, and it's... I get that the original singer was maybe a little disappointed that they were kind of leaning into the formula, but pros, what a formula. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, I, I, I've listened to this album over and over, and I never heard it in its entirety, although I heard the singles. But uh, right after this played, it auto-played right into Power Slave, and it's like... You need the seed. You need it's the true. seed. This like, is the seed that grows. Mm-hmm. And so we're yeah, not getting Power no. Slave, though. We're getting number number of the beast. No, of course we're, not. We're, I mean, we're getting this num- is a is a fucking it's a juggernaut. It's, yeah, like yeah, you do need the seed. You do need the seed. We that and because we can because we're here. That, that's why why I have to go back and be like. We only have one Judas Priest record, and why the fuck is it British Steel? It's true. We we can, I mean, we'll we'll harp on on it for a lot of these albums. Only getting one Tom Petty, only getting you know one. I I'm still salty about yeah. no animals. Same amount of Tom yeah. Petty as Limp Biscuit. <laughs> but at the same time, I mean, I I I think this is a I think this is an okay decision. I I know I would definitely rather have you know whatever fear the dark power slave you know one of those other albums but i think it makes sense this this one somehow it does make sense because it has an inspiration it still has really good songs just they just came out not as good songs. as you know some of their later ones also anytime an, a, a band can come out with a debut album that just shreds uh from from start to finish they're doing something yeah and this production is really good it's super sharp it's Um, great they they didn't want it to sound too muddy they were really upset with some of the other uh mixes from the other producers like you were saying ben but this sounds sounds spot on i mean it sounds like iron maiden that's the really important thing for this it doesn't sound like the earlier judas priest um, where they're kind of in a in a little bit of a Black Sabbath uh, psychedelic territory. 
this sounds like a fully formed, you know, maiden that that came out. Yeah, it's a little rough around the edges. Yeah, the singer's not quite as sharp as Dickinson, who can be. But still, yeah, still, this is uh, this is it. I mean, yeah, later, later, maiden wouldn't have put "Remember Tomorrow" as no, track number absolutely two. Absolutely not. Yeah, and you guys will appreciate this. Uh, as my first week of listening to Paul Diano era Maiden, you know what Paul Diano era Maiden reminds me of is fucking Thunder Thunderlip. Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I, I, when I, like I, I've Thunderlip. If you're not familiar, the band toured around uh, in the early 2000s that we all saw when they would come to Bloomington annually and melted faces off. Fantastic band, and. I always got like the the Iron Maiden influence on them, just like with the guitar work. But the roughness and the punk edge of this self-titled one reminds me of what they were doing more than than later Maiden. Absolutely. Also campy. I mean, this is this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They were very camp. Uh, and this this album, I feel like doesn't take itself too seriously. It has. Yeah. Um, if you open up with a prowler. like. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, Aqualung opened up with Aqualung, man. Like, uh, I did think it was funny. Uh, in 1977, they rec- recruited, they kept recruiting, you know, guitarists, like you were saying, Ben. But in 77, they got Bob Sawyer, who was sacked for embarrassing the band on stage by pretending to play the guitar with his teeth. <laughs> They're just like, yeah, nah. <laughs> nah, you got Either actually play it with your Good teeth or, or, or get off You've the stage. embarrassed all of us. <laughs> uh, Steve Harris's birthday was this week, guys. Oh, cool. Aww. Yeah. Uh, this did debut number, I think I already said, number four on the UK album charts. So amazing. Uh, and also... Debuted number four. Crazy. They must have had quite, a, quite a buzz. Yeah. Uh, in addition to the title track, Iron Maiden, excellent. A live version of which <laughs> would be one of the first music videos aired on MTV. So again, MTV. Nice. Playing into what, what song was that for? Was it Running Free? I think it was Iron Maiden, actually. Oh, cool. Have any of you guys looked up the cover for a uh, uh, the Sanctuary single? Yes. Yes. No, no I have. <laughs> please have you? Please, please tell us about it, though. Yeah, it's uh, it's Eddie, their their mascot, you know, the little demon guy, uh, murdering Margaret Thatcher. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the caused a little bit of controversy. <laughs> they, they eventually censored it by putting a black bar over Margaret Thatcher's eyes. <laughs> Which yeah, only makes it look worse. way cooler. <laughs> yeah, you can't tell who it is. It's true. Yeah, right? <laughs> I guess we can't really get away from the art of Iron Maiden. I mean, Eddie is super iconic and this is the sort of early comic book. Uh, yeah. 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 From album one. That's pretty impressive. Eerie, eerie yeah. comics art. I mean, it has that sort of fantasy meets uh, horror meets uh, yeah, comic styles. It's cool. Eddie I'm yeah. pretty sure Crypt Keeper was like styled off of Eddie. I believe it. Set your yeah. sources. Eddie's Just cover. Sorry. Oh, cover of this album. I really thought for the longest time uh, the light pole in the corner was Eddie holding the syringe and too. spraying like water Whoa. out the top. It's really just a light pole. I actually, I thought that too. 
I thought it was a syringe. Oh, wow. I don't know why. Oh, I'm, I'm looking at it now. I see that. Yeah, I'm looking at it now, too. I can see that. You can tell it's incredibly British because the litter is inside the litter basket <laughs> on the cover. Like, there's no... Uh... Uh, the creator of Eddie is, uh, is illustrator Derek Riggs. And he originally drew Eddie... He didn't draw it for Iron Maiden. It was it, it it was in his portfolio, and like someone at uh like EMI was flipping through his portfolio, and saw that the initial design for Eddie was was more punk rock concept, and uh, they liked Eddie, but they didn't like the punk rock. So they told him to give him uh, long hair and make it look like more metal. And uh, Derek Riggs is responsible for their I think all of their album cover covers up to Fear of the Dark. Ooh. But uh, hmm. here's a cool thing I learned this week. So uh, the the single for Running Free was released before uh, uh, the debut album. Uh, the single for Running Free, much like many of the singles, does Eddie is a part of it. It's Eddie stalking someone down a dark alleyway. But they went back in and they obscured Eddie's face in shadow. So you can't see Eddie's face because they wanted their debut album to be the reveal of Eddie, but, Aww. but Eddie cast in shadow is present on their, on their first single. Yeah. Yeah. They, they stick to the theme. They like the theme. Birch, yeah. remember we saw him live and it was we were separate it was pretty incredible on uh on icarus he's got dual flamethrowers that he shoots out of you know yeah. each hand uh they have a aces high they have a what a full a plane on fire a full plane like on fire above them <laughs> yeah i mean for the trooper they have a bruce dickinson is what i mean 65 65 yeah and that son of a bitch was just running constantly and singing beautiful opera like everybody's ranges heavy metal dad (laughs) but like coming off of like fucking cancer and he's doing this shit like he's oh i forgot about that he's so cool he's also a pilot diano's still doing something occasionally where he does bar gigs playing some of these songs <laughs> if anyone cares about the the paul diano experience reason so why he, he was kicked out he's oh. got a cool voice yeah he does the uh, reason why he was kicked out was not because his voice wasn't as beautiful as uh but because he was uh doing entirely too many drugs and uh kind of missing shows like they they they, they booted him because he couldn't keep up with what they wanted to do he was holding them back and that's why Paul Diano got sacked. Yeah, he was doing it non. He said nonstop, twenty four hours a day, every day. The band had commitments piling up that went on for uh, months and years. And he said he just couldn't. The tour would have been too much for him. 
So yeah, it was yep. almost for Dickinson. After was it after the Number of the Beast tour that Dickinson basically had an ultimatum, like either we take six months off or I'm out of the band, and then they ended up compromising at four months. Like they, I don't know. Perhaps we will so talk about it during the schedule was the beast. Crazy. Is this the plot of the movie Rockstar? Yes, it is. It is, is it? I've never seen it. I don't know. Neither have I. I don't know why that movie, you guys keep bringing that movie up. <laughs> what? You just messing with me now? No, it's it's about Iron Maiden and their change of lead singers and it has Mark Wahlberg and Jennifer Aniston, bro. Wait, I thought it is it not about Journey and their change of singers? Is it about Iron Maiden? No, it, it it's definitely about Iron Maiden. Something like Iron Maiden, but then Mark Wahlberg goes on to start grunge because that didn't happen. What? Um, is that what Paul Piano did? Am I the only person who am, am yeah. I the only person who's seen this piece of shit movie? I believe so, bro. Person on this feed. It's, yeah. <laughs> All right. But tell yeah, us but, when you watched it and why. Let's just stop talking about rock. <laughs> Whatever was, this is, I was doing laundry at my parents' house in the <laughs> 2000s, and it was on HBO. <laughs> uh, when Excellent. when my wife Carrie uh, walked in, I was listening to this, and she heard the first line of "Iron Maiden" by Iron Maiden off the album "Iron Maiden." Uh, the yeah, once you come into my room, I want to show you all my wares. She's like, "Dude, that's that's just you." Whenever we have a visitor, you're like, like. Here, let me, let me show you. Let me show you the cool stuff. <laughs> let me show you all of my wares. <laughs> yeah, excellent. Yeah, I say it a lot too. Uh, yeah, How does how does everybody feel about Strange World? Is it just? I don't hate it, but I don't need it. Yeah, I would um, rather have two more bangers, but it's not like I. I, I I never feel like skipping it. It's just kind of, it's a bit of a lull in the album. Yeah. I was going to say, I'd rather have Transylvania play a second time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, it does have a bit of a relationship with the, the ballad ballads that some metal bands will do, then do like Metallica. Oh like, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, unforgiven. Yeah, absolutely. Else mattress. Um, no, Opeth oh, is very I, into I, I would, uh, these would... ballads and, and things like that, but I, I just found it interesting to to listen to a band like this. Obviously, ACDC is like, no, nah, we're not doing ballads. Uh, Judas Priest. Our ballads called "Have a Drink on Me." Not really. <laughs> but this this seems to be a like very a, sin- a sanitarium. Yeah, absolutely. Or a stentorium. I wish I wish it was a different song or I wish it was recorded differently. Um, but who am I to talk? I have never written anything this good. <laughs> so. True. Uh, anything else? <laughs> oh, we, can, we can end it there. <laughs> Great record. <laughs> you guys have Great record. The, the all woman Iron Maiden tribute band, the Iron Maidens. Yes. Fantastic. Are they good? They I'm slay. So They're great. Yeah, they slay. Yeah. Yeah, plug for the Iron Maidens. Do they play a lot of stuff off of Power Slave? Because, bro, they run the Dude, they'll, gamut. They'll, they'll, they'll hit the whole catalog. Not every song, but they will dip into just about every album. I only have like three Iron Maiden records, like physically. That's one more. And uh, Caught Somewhere in Time, Power nah, Slave. That's a great record. Bros? I need Towering Achievements. Really, every- 
everyone should just get the DVD of Legacy of the Beast and watch all of those beautiful, beautiful music videos. They have many of them. Bro, I wish I could hug you right now. Which one's the live album? Someday, my friend. They do the song Fear of the Dark live. It's not live after death because that came out before the album Fear of the Dark. Uh, Fear of the Dark. Yeah. Yes. You. You. Yes. I think that was the live from Brazil one. It's so good. Yeah. Yes. People in Brazil love uh, singing the guitar minis. The guitar yeah. Fear of the dark. You. I think this album's a lot of fun. I cannot wait to talk Number of the Beast with you, dudes. Yeah, it's gonna be Bro, fun. It's coming up. Yeah. All right. So we're all yeah. all positive, just to confirm. I I am at least. Uh, yeah. I hate this band. It. I quit the podcast. It took me a minute to to come back to it. Like it. It's it's foundational and it's and it's not it's it's good it's a, it's a great foundational record it's you know it's not what I think of when I think of Iron Maiden which I think is the uh, the the main problem but it 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 deserve it deserves its place like it it's absolutely like a cornerstone of like power metal and that that's 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 good enough for it to be in there. Yeah, I was going to say if if we're thinking the sort of like are we positive, are we ne- negative, neutral, whatever, I I would absolutely listen to this, put it on again, not skip a track. So for me that just that's a positive. I would recommend it to someone if they asked, "Oh, is it a good album?" I'd say, "Yeah, absolutely." So I'll spend this any day of the week. Yeah. But if somebody was like, "Give me three albums right. from Iron Maiden." This is probably You wouldn't say this one. No. No, what what wouldn't wouldn't cross my lips? Yeah, yeah, but I'm judging it against itself, not against sure. others right now. Yeah, so that's that's the way it goes. All right, next time we'll be talking about the undertones, hypnotized. That's good. Right. More undertones. Thank you.